Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and for fulfilling your purpose. We've got a wonderful show for you today on a topic that surely brings delight to many of hearts and a big smile to our faces. For this episode, number 35, we'll look into communicating with animals and your spiritual development. Michael and I love animals. One of the most wonderful things about living where we live in Mount Shasta, California, which is at the very top of the state of California, is that we are surrounded on all sides of our house and property with nature, the forest with all of its beautiful and varied denizens. We often have deer curiously looking at us through the window here as we have our radio shows and teleseminars. We've had all manners of creatures frolicking through our pond in front of the dining room window all through the day and at times in the middle of the night. Giant gray squirrels with big fluffy tails, chipmunks, blue jays, ravens, doves, quail, robins, lizards, deer, and an occasional red fox or gray fox, mountain lion or black bear or black bears with their babies. Of course, we've had our own animal family members, dogs and cats. Currently, we're down to two twin Tonkinese cats, Mystic and Merlin. Our beloved Great Pyrenees, Shanti, passed on April 23rd, 2017, about a year and a half ago, at the age of 14 and a half years. Certainly a great old Pyrenees since the breed generally has a lifespan of only 8 to 10 years or so. Do we communicate with our animal family and neighborhood friends? Of course we do. Every day, every time we're with them. We communicate with them through windows, across the driveway, or while we're scratching behind their ears, cuddling with them on our lap, or giving them an hour-long massage like Michael used to do every night for Shanti when she was in her old age. And he did that for about two years. And she just thrived. After all, communication is the foundation of any relationship with anyone, isn't it? Without good communication, there isn't much of a relationship. The same holds for our relationship with animals. If we relate with an animal, we have to communicate. Woof. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Of course, have you ever held a cat or have you ever told a cat who gets into trouble, hey, kitty, we need to talk? Ha ha. <laughs> but actually, I do that regularly with both of our cats now, as well as our last feral tuxedo cat, whose name was Magic, who was with us from the time she followed us two miles when Michael and I were going home after a nice long midnight walk on a full moon summer night many years ago to when she passed at the age of 17 years and two months on Michael's lap 
as we celebrated her completing her incarnation that time. In fact, she's already back into our lives now for seven years as Mystic, our current girl Tonkinese cat. Her twin brother Merlin was a black and white tuxedo cat that I brought home for her when she was still magic, grieving over the death of her beloved canine sibling, Aiko, our Akita dog, before she came back to us as Shanti. Okay, okay, that might be a lot to process for some of you listening today. Cats and dogs have souls too. Once they have a close, lifelong relationship with a human with a lot of communication and experience, the cat or dog soul will individualize like humans to reincarnate as the same soul into their next body. Animals in the wild, however, just go back to their group soul when they pass on from incarnation. From the group soul, a portion then incarnates anew in a body of the same species. Sometimes they jump species, but it's not common at all. So it's not reincarnation in the true sense of word, but for the individualized dog or cat soul, after it passes on from one body incarnation, it will reincarnate as the same individual soul into a new body and new body personality of the same species. So magic, the initially feral tuxedo cat we had before, reincarnated as mystic, the purebred domestic Tonkinese or half Siamese, half Burmese cat. Aiko, our Akita dog, who was with us, came back to us as Shanti, the great Pyrenees dog. In fact, we knew the same dog soul as Raya before we knew her as Aiko even, when she was a half coyote, half German shepherd mix of mine. Michael met her during her last year she was with me, so he knew her in all three different lifetimes as well. And in fact, I'm writing a book about this. What does having any kind of relationship with and communicating with animals have to do with our own spiritual growth? Well, it's obvious that when you have children, whether you birth them yourselves or adopt them, your life before children and after children is always significantly different. What changes your life? It's your relationship and communication with the children that transforms you. I'm sure most parents would agree that when you become a parent, you either change or you die. Well, it may feel that that way anyway. Some of us change our ways willingly and enjoy a celebration of being a new parent, and others of us go kicking and screaming all the way until our children are 75 years old. (laughs) That's true. A very similar thing happens with our relationships with animals. The communication we have with the newly incoming souls of children shapes the kind of relationship we have with them, and the kind of relationship we have with them shapes our own spiritual development. The true relationship we have with anyone is always spirit to spirit, soul to soul. And our maturing as souls is largely dependent on how we choose to relate with others, whether they are young or old, male or female, human or animal. And just as the different kinds of people and the different kinds of relationships that we form with them shapes us differently, our relationships with animals can reach areas within our psyche that tend to be more neglected or even ignored. 
Communicating with animals, especially intimately, not as owner to owned, but as soul to soul, will transform you in ways you cannot expect. You may have heard stories about many saints and more enlightened people throughout the ages having extraordinary relationships and communication with animals, even wild animals. St. Francis, St. Clair, the Buddha, Jesus, and many others have had profound relationships with animals. All healing is based on spirit-to-spirit communication in some form or another. And all healing is what we call positive change or transformation. Through profound communication, we develop from lesser to more, higher to lower consciousness, or lower to higher consciousness, I should say. Michael, you have always had a lot of communication with animals and other creatures your whole life. (laughs) Yeah. The first, oof, oof. the first sound was a dolphin sound. <laughs> Tell our listeners a little of your experience with communicating with animals and how you've grown spiritually from them. Ah, well, when I was a child and growing up, I wasn't allowed to have a big pet like a dog or a cat, especially a dog, because my father had been pretty badly bitten by a dog when he was a teenager, and he had a big scar on his leg to show for it. But our dog Shanti that Raphael talked about changed him for the few years he knew her before he passed away a few months after Shanti did. That was one of Shanti's many specialties to heal a person, child or adult, from the fear of dogs. Anyway, the transformation and spiritual growth I got to see in my father from his brief and just occasional time being with Shanti was really remarkable. And not just in relationship to his fear and earlier dislike of animals, or especially dogs, she helped him become more open to himself in a way that I don't think people, I I certainly couldn't. <laughs> I don't think people would have been able to to open him up in the same way that Shanti was able to in a very short time. So when I was growing up, I went looking for small creatures to befriend and bring home. Of course, I was living in Japan, in Tokyo. So I'd bring home these very large black Japanese beetles praying mantis, grasshoppers, crawdads, especially crawdads. (laughs) I liked talking with them all the time, and both out loud as well as silently and telepathically. It was mostly a two-way communication, even though I'm the only one that was, you know, talking out loud. I also listened to what they were saying. I think that was the way I could learn to communicate with the spirit of creatures, since their bodies didn't speak the same language as I did. In fact, I felt so often throughout my childhood that it was so much easier, so much easier to communicate with creatures and animals than with people. (laughs) (laughs) People were difficult, usually. What I felt so often was that people were hardened 
on the outside. The good person I knew the person was often was hiding inside that hardened person who was the one that did most of the talking or, quote, relating. It literally hurt to be around people. I mean, I felt pain just being around people who were very hardened because they were hardened around their pain in life. When I was away by myself, especially with the creatures, I felt happy and free to be myself. It's interesting that as I grew up and learned to become much more acceptable to others, especially in junior high school and high school, I became much more popular with people, but I had little to do with animals and creatures anymore. There was just a one time when I found a beautiful stray cat when I was visiting my girlfriend at the time, and she encouraged me to take it home with me on the long train ride we were going to take together to back to my, my house. I had the cat with me for just a few weeks before I had to give it up, but my relationship with that cat opened something back up in me that I had closed years earlier. Before I had kids, I, had, I did pick up some animals in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, first one, I recall, were a couple of bunnies that a little girl was giving away on the side of a road. I was driving on, on my way home one day, and she had just this little wooden desk with a box on top and a sign that says, please take these bunnies. Well, she had two left. So I, I said, okay. It was free. She was giving them away. Well, little did I know, <laughs> within the next few days, we had a whole house full of little bunnies running around, eating up everything and peeing and pooping like there were no tomorrows. <laughs> All right. I started calling every school in the area, asking, begging, pleading if they wanted some cute little bunnies. I delivered some 58 bunnies in a, what, three months' time or something, including, finally, the original Adam and Eve of that lineage to, I don't remember how many schools and neighbors and friends and pet stores. We are coming up onto our first break already, and Michael has more stories to talk about. Make sure to check out our website, michaeltamura.com. That's Michael, T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A.com, for all our upcoming events. We have a wonderful new set of teleclasses lined up for you in our special series called You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. You can sign up for any of these teleclasses or a whole set of seven. That's a new set of classes which begins this Saturday, September 29th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Time. 
This series, this seven-class series, is entitled Your Life on the Astral Plane, What Are You Doing When You're Not Here? When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with communicating with animals and your spiritual development. We'll see you soon. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're exploring what communicating with animals has to do with your spiritual development and how you can learn to communicate with them even more. Well, just before the break, Michael was talking about some of his history and story with animals, and I'd like him to continue. So go right ahead. Yeah, got a lot of them. (laughs) Well, you know, after the 58 bunnies (laughs) fiasco, (laughs) they're so cute. But, you know, I, I didn't seem to have learned a lesson of the birds and the bees <laughs> from that that sometime harrowing experience. And but even uh, as harrowing it was for our household, <laughs> it was equally hilarious experience. And somehow, I don't even remember how, uh, I ended up taking a couple of hamsters. 
<laughs> from somebody who was giving them away. See, it took me a while to figure out why were people giving away <laughs> bunnies and hamsters. <laughs> Please take them. Okay. Once again, I didn't check to see what the sex of the hamsters were. I just, you know, hey, like Noah's Ark, <laughs> two by two, right? You you wanna you wanna make sure your your animals and your pets are are not lonely. They have a friend. So I'm only thinking, I don't know how to tell, you know, what sex the hamsters are, bunnies are. I just saw cute hamsters. Well, it took a couple of days to realize they were another very fertile couple. We had a mass assembly line (laughs) of hamsters. But this time, I already had my call list <laughs> of other suckers like me. <laughs> so so it went, they went pretty quickly. And sometime later, my teacher's mother, she was getting old, and she needed to give away her beloved parakeet of, I think, by that point, the parakeet was some ah, 15 years old or something like that. Because the woman... Uh, that my teacher's mother was getting too old to take care of him. So, of course, I took him in. (laughs) I couldn't imagine being a lone parakeet in a tiny cage. So I took the big deluxe condo cage that I had built for the hamsters and made it into a double high uh, cage, like a big bird mansion <laughs> so so that the bird wouldn't be able to fly out but had plenty of space to fly around and explore and all, all that stuff so the parakeet was it was like living in a mansion then I realized that he was lonely by himself so I went to the pet store and bought him home a friend well You know the story, right? It turned out to be his wife, and they started mass-producing parakeetlets, (laughs) little parakeets. By the time I called a bird store, when the manager answered my phone call, he said, which bird store are you calling from? He was shouting at me because he couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear him hardly because he was saying, I can't hardly hear you. Uh, It's so noisy. Well, he was over the moon when I told him I'd like to give him 67 healthy, talkative parakeets. My final experience with mass production of animals and birds was with a huge, friendly placostomus. You know, those dark brown bottom-feeding, freshwater little, well, They could be very big, but catfish you see in freshwater large aquariums, uh, the ones with the cute beady eyes looking at you and a huge mouth with which they suck on the sides of the aquariums, right? Yeah, those guys. (laughs) I love them. I didn't know they are very difficult to breed because when I put a couple of them in a 55-gallon freshwater aquarium with no other fish in it yet, They just start to multiply like crazy again. (laughs) I had a 55-gallon clean and clear freshwater tank that looked all brown. 
It was filled with tiny plecos that were growing into bigger plecos. <laughs> I called a lo local of Graham store to see if they wanted to buy or wanted some free plecostomus. The shop owner was a bit just suspicious of me, but he said, hey, if someone can breed those plex and make a few, I'd take them in a heartbeat. They're so hard to breed. I laughed. I just laughed and laughed and told him, I have a whole 55-gallon tank filled to the brim with them. And he said, you are joking. I said, no, I'm quite serious for a change. <laughs> he told me he'll take every one of them if it was for real. Great. I took them all over to him. Somehow, these creatures went wild when I had something to do with them. <laughs> what, what do you think that was? <laughs> I had to learn to choose carefully what I brought home. But what I know of my relationships with animals and creatures of various kinds over my lifetime so far is that love, like all relationships, is the underlying discovery and realization. Everything and every one of us thrives in love. Love is the wellspring of life itself. So in our relationships with any and all life, love is the beginning and love is the destination. The only difficult part is getting through the middle. We're in the process of realizing the truth. Every relationship I've ever had with everyone from crawdads and beetles to cats and dogs to deer and bears to placostomus, sea turtles and dolphins has taught me about communication, love, and loving without conditions. That, in turn, has allowed me to develop as a much more mature spiritual being. So, Raphael, how did you learn to communicate with animals, and how do you go about communicating with them? Well, um, that's a really interesting story in my life because um, very opposite, well, actually very similarly to Michael, I was not allowed to have animals when I grew up, um, except maybe for one little turtle, which I didn't do so well with, um, because my mother had nine children, myself included, and she said, quote, we have enough animals living in this household, unquote. <laughs> Wild ones. <laughs> so it was not until many, many years later um, when I was in my early 30s, I got my first dog, and she was the half German Shepherd, half Coyote dog, who was just as precious as can be and just as lovable as can be. And I was going through my spiritual training when she was quite young. And how I discovered that I could communicate with an animal, and this was in the 19, early 1980s, so it was before the term animal communication and Penelope Smith and all of her teaching of animal communication and so forth. Um, so there was nobody around saying, I can 
communicate with your animal. I'm a, I'm an animal psychic. It just wasn't that. And even our teacher had once said, you can't communicate with animals. At least that's what I thought I heard him say. So um, it was probably a misunderstanding on my part. But uh, my dog and I had been in a very serious car crash, which I actually have spoken about before in, in other uh, radio shows. But uh, the result negative thing that happened in that car accident, we both survived. But the next day, she came down with what appeared to be some kind of epileptic seizure. And it developed into a very, very serious form of epilepsy, which caused me to have to give her medications and so on because um, nobody had any ideas how to really handle epilepsy in a dog, especially if it was from a head injury. She was actually laying behind my seat right where my car had been hit or my truck actually had been hit so hard that the panel went onto her. She didn't get cut or anything, but she might have been knocked out while I was going through the shock of um Uh, going through uh, saving myself in the accident and realizing that she had actually survived and and I thought she wasn't hurt. So a few days later, she came down with this terrible epilepsy and it was so bad that even with medication, she had um, many seizures a day, some little ones, some grand mal seizures. And as I was a few years later into this, as I was going through my training um, I started just giving her, practicing giving her healings and putting her in the center of her head and so on. And I realized that she was now starting to come to me to tell me when she was about to have a seizure. And there were times when I was able to mitigate the seizure and make it go away. And there were other times where at least I was prepared. And when she fell down to have her seizure, I, I helped her get through it a lot faster And um, this went on for quite a long time. And after a period of time, she actually created um, being able to be called into various healing classes that were given without me there to get healing on this. And over the years, we ended up um, between myself and my former husband who took her at the last two years of her life and his wife ended up completely curing her of that epilepsy. But Meanwhile, I learned you can talk to an animal. The soul there hears you. And it wasn't anything I was saying out loud. It was simply a hello to her and and doing the work and her seeming to understand. So I started any animal that came around me, I started practicing and I could actually even coax a, a wild kitty out of the bushes and that sort of thing just by sending a hello to them. Uh, more from my heart and telepathically, so I wouldn't have to say it out loud. And so it was quite interesting. And, you know, one of the things, too, is that during my training, I was learning how to meditate and be in my own space. And, you know, this could be true with children, working with children, too, is when you're all over the place, or if you have your attention on something really strongly, sometimes you put too much energy in that person or in that animal. So if you look at an animal and then you put really intense attention point on them, they're going to back away sometimes because they feel that. It's like (laughs) if you're working in a big office or something and your boss is the boss from hell and he stares at you and bores a hole 
<laughs> through your head. <laughs> and you can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. And you're very uncomfortable, right? Yeah. You want to get out of there. But then if you have a, a boss, let's say, who's very benevolent and compassionate and considerate, oh, you can talk to that person all day long. It's a little bit like that. Yes, indeed. And, you know, I have a story about living up here in, in the wild. You know, we're at the edge of the wilderness. And I was terrified about the mountain lions up here for a long time, especially after we had some wandering through. And Michael and I actually ran into one later. Nice kitty. Yeah. So I would pray to Archangel Michael every day before I went out saying, please protect me. And finally, one day, Archangel Michael came to me and said, stop asking me that. I heard you the first time I let you know. And so, of course, he did let me know when there were mountain lions in the area because he sent cops to tell me, which I thought was quite interesting. But meanwhile, I developed the intuition to work with, you know, mountain lions are dangerous and and they're wild animals. They can't be controlled by humans. But what I would do is if I sensed one out there, I would send out a hello to it and just ask it to stay away. And invariably, somebody would tell me, yeah, there was a mountain lion in the neighborhood. Uh, So I got my validation that I was able to actually know when there was a mountain lion around and and that they did stay out of my sight. So after the time Michael and I ran into one and nothing happened, he just turned around and went back into the woods uh, because we were all really grounded and in our space. And we were very grateful for that. But um, that you can communicate even with the wild animals on a very basic level. Yeah, with wild animals. It's, I just was thinking of uh, uh, sharks. <laughs> we went, we were in the ocean and in Hawaii, and there comes a, a black tip reef shark. And I'm going, okay. And I, I just said, hi, I'll stay in my own lane. You can stay in your own lane. And there's, I don't want any problems. And no problem. He just went by. Total agreement. He can't be afraid. That's right. So, um, doggone it, we have a second, uh, our second break coming up. Um, and in the next section, we'll actually talk a little bit about how you can start to communicate with your animals. Okay, so remember to go to our website, michaeltamora.com, and click on our monthly events calendar and check out our brand new set of teleclass series coming up. You might be more psychic than you think. Developing your soul abilities for your spiritual growth and fulfillment. This first teleclass of this new set is your life on the astral plane. What are you doing when you're not here? Not here as in not in the body. (laughs) This starts this Saturday, September 29th, 10 a.m. to noon. Get all the details for this soul-inspiring third eye opening. I thought that was third eye popping. (laughs) Intuition developing teleclass series to develop your soul abilities and grow more spiritually awake. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of communicating with animals and your spiritual development. See you in a couple of minutes. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work, and you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. If you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, you're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We hear, just be you, a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's good to have you back and welcome to those of you just joining us. We've been discussing what communicating with animals has to do with your spiritual development, why it's so important, especially now, and how you can learn to communicate with them more. Well, over the course of my lifetime, I've been always fascinated with those uh, well-known saints and and beings that have uh, developed themselves on a very high level, and alongside of that development, came a natural ability to communicate with animals or the animals desiring actually to communicate with them. Michael and I were traveling, I think it was in Greece or Egypt. I'm not sure where because it's been a lot of years. We were at this herm- at this uh, monastery. And, Egypt. And it was Egypt, yes. So the monastery had these monks who um, some of them would decide to be hermits. So they were, were taken out into the desert, given a tent, and once a month um, food and water was brought to them so that they could meditate and pray out in the desert by themselves. And there were some of the monks that were developed so incredibly uh, on a high level that the scorpions and other creatures of the desert would come and sit under their mats that they sat on as they prayed and as they meditated. Because I think on a higher level in these um, 
Catholic type of monasteries that it goes from uh, being on your knees and praying and actually going into a meditative space, much like Buddha. And we got to meet one of these monks, or at least see him anyway, out in the desert. And it was so quiet out there, no planes going overhead. It was an amazing, incredible space to uh, for a person to choose to meditate uh, and, and master themselves that way. Another one was, many of you have seen the uh, many statues and depictions of the uh, being Buddha. And one of my favorite uh, statues, and I think I even have one out by my pond, is the Buddha sitting in a sitting meditation. And he has what looks like a bunch of bumps on his head. And I looked up to see what that was. And apparently there's a, a big story about him uh, regularly meditating and the snails of the area would climb up his body and sit on top of his crown chakra where the energy was quite warm I'm sure and they felt so safe that crawling up a human body was not something that was scary to them yeah and plus they were keeping his head uh, cool and sheltered from the sun and all that stuff which is kind of cool yeah so it goes both ways it's not you know sometimes like with Shanti, our dog, Great Pyrenees, oh, she gave so much to everybody. But with me, I felt she was always giving. But then, if you asked her, she'd probably say, I was always giving to her. And it's mutual. It's not, this is the way of communication, relationship. It's not a give and take, like a lot of people think. It's just a giving, a sharing. And it goes all the way around. There's no keeping score. There's no who who's the giver, who's the taker. You know, it's not like there's no taking. Animals just, don't keep score. No, and it's just a sharing. And I'm looking at, you know, uh, we have a dear friend, Beverly, who started off, we met her because we hired her as a housekeeper many years ago. She worked for us for many years and became like part of the family. She is incredible with animals, but she doesn't do what we do. She just does it naturally because she's a a farmer. You know, she has her own farm. She has her uh, three horses and and, uh, six dogs, miniature donkey, goats, cats, all kinds of stuff. And always, she's always rescuing animals on her farm. And... We talked a lot uh, while she was at our place, and she goes, I can't understand people who not only mistreat animals, but that they think animals don't have souls, and they think that that you can't communicate with animals. She says, how can you not? And that's the way I, I've always been, is how do you not communicate with animals? Well, the way I notice people who want to communicate with animals, want to have closer, more loving relationships with animals of any kind, or at least not be afraid of wild animals, is that they're trying, they're being intellectual. They're trying to figure out intellectually, okay, what do I say? How do I do this? All that kind of stuff. There's no real how. It's... You have to be yourself. And that's one of the things 
that communicating with and relating with animals will teach you, teaches me, teaches anybody, is there's no other way to communicate other than by you being yourself. The less you're being yourself, the more, like Raphael's talking about, the more you end up in their space and they get threatened or, or unhappy with you and they'll, they might even attack. But the more you're being yourself, that's the example she gave of Buddha and the, the hermit, monk and whatnot. They're in meditation. They're totally in their own space to be the spirit self they are. They're just being. And so the animals, even in the wild, even poisonous ones, dangerous ones, will go, oh, you're one of us. And if you're buying yourself, because every animal creature, they can't, unlike humans, they can't be pretend to be something else. They're always being themselves. It's only humans who have the free will enough to decide, I don't, I don't like myself, so I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to be, uh, uh, pretend, you know, I imagine to be a famous person that everybody's looking up to. And in their own mind, they're just trying to be somebody else or better than they think they are. No, don't try to be better. Just be yourself. And like Raphael said, you just say hello to, to the animal. And that's always the first thing. Well, it doesn't matter if it's a person or animal. The first thing for me is if I can't even say hello to that person, well, gee, how am I going to have any kind of relationship with that person or that animal? None. So have I been frightened by uh, a dangerous wild animal? Oh, a lot of times. <laughs> One time I was... Um, uh, diving by myself in the ocean, <laughs> and and I ran. I went through the current, took me right through a big forest of kelp, and I I got through it without getting tangled. And I go, Whew. and as I'm just getting relieved that I went through without getting tangled, I run head first into something big and solid, but a slightly, you know, it's not like a rock, it's a fleshy. And I'm going, oh, from my head to my toes, it's like, oh, what the hell did I just run into? And I slowly look up. Basically, I know, ground myself, right? Connect to the, from the first chakra to the center of the earth. Okay, let go of that fear and reaction. Be neutral. And I look up, and all I can see is black shadow, huge, like two, three times bigger than me. And I go, Okay, don't don't do anything stupid. Just slowly back up, and then I can see the the head comes down into the underwater where I was, and it's a giant sea lion <laughs> with big buggy eyes. Okay, and he's staring right into my my uh, mask, and I'm going, I really like you, and he's going. Hey, let's play. I'm wearing a black uh, uh, wetsuit. I look like a sea lion, right? And, and he goes, let's play. And I knew how sea lions play is they headbutt each other in the abdomen. <laughs> if 
this two-ton sea lion headbutted me in mine at 30 miles an hour. I'd be dead. So, so I'm going, I really like you, but not today, okay? And I went back, uh, slinkered back onto the other side of the seaweed uh, forest, and so he's not going to come across this big seaweed forest. So he's floating on the other side. I'm floating on this side. It's like neighbors across the hedge. And we're talking, and he's smiling. He's just emanating this pure joy and fun, and we're friends, and I'm re- reciprocating now, especially that I'm safe from rough housing. And I go, great. And we, we sat there communicating like that for a long time. It's, it's feeling to feeling. It's almost like a communing. Yeah, it's being at one with each other, and, and you communicate with not intellectual ideas and dissertations. You're, going, you're just going, hey, you know, like, yay, you're laughing together, you're loving together. And that's the foundation of actually all communication, spirit to spirit. When you're saying hello, spirit as you as spirit to the other beingness as spirit, then it doesn't matter what body type, what race, what species, you know, what you are. You're just being together and you're just enjoying each other's company. But when you do that, let's say with a domestic animal, like a pet, cat or dog or whatever, once you're there, then it's obvious they're telling you, oh, my hip hurts, or they're telling you I'm hungry. And, and it's just like with, with kids or something. Well, with your pet says, I'm hungry. Well, our cat says, give me a treat all the time. <laughs> if you do, it's going to be unhealthy for them. So you have to communicate, okay, that's, you know, when, when you get your treat, it's not treat time yet. And they, they'll try to program you and everything. And because to the cat, it's a game. How can I get one over him? And so, just like with a little kid, it's not malicious. They're trying to push your buttons, and, you know, they see you as a vending machine, right, half the time. So, <laughs> so hey, how can I get that candy bar out of the vending machine without putting my dollar in there? <laughs> so, for them, it's fun. If you take it seriously, well, then it doesn't work. Then there's no communication. It's almost like there's a blank going on there. And, you know, a way you can start this is simply, um, you know, once I realized this myself, is I would lay down on the floor or at least sit down on the floor with my original dog. Her name was Raya, by the way, um, and just put my hand on her. And I would get so much information about how she was feeling that day or Um, even if she wanted to go for a walk and she wasn't even going to the door and showing me, hey, I want out right now kind of thing, you you sort of start to pick it up after a time. Our hands have um, sensors in them that if we put our hands on the pet, we can start to pick up on communication. But even if you're a newbie at this, you can take your cat into your lap or sit with your dog in some comfortable way And just say hello to your heart chakra. The heart area is where especially a domestic animal will communicate with you. So you can just start by sending a hello through your heart chakra to their heart chakra. 
in the, and most uh, dogs and cats, you know, their hearts are in a, in a similar area in their body. And you can also mentally communicate with them. But, you know, animals do get to know words um, over time, as you know from dog training and cat training and so forth. But mostly it has to do with what kind of pictures you send from yeah. your mind. And Raphael is amazing, like with our cat, uh, when she was magic. Uh, magic would like to hop on the table while we're eating. And man, Raphael will look up and says, Magic? <laughs> you know better than that. And Magic goes, Okay, turns around and gets off the table. <laughs> or at least go down to the other end yeah. of the table where we're not eating. Kind of thing. <laughs> so it was. it's really fun to start to develop this. And one of the ways you can test yourself, and for those of you with cats, the results are a little faster often than with dogs. And that is if your cat is out of sight, you can sit there in one room and come into your own space. Ground yourself, be in the center of your head, and then send that hello to the cat and say, come here from from the center of your head. Maybe show them a picture of that cat walking toward you and hopping up in your lap or hopping next to you. Well, I can't believe it. Our radio show today is almost over. I am sure we're going to be talking more about this in times to come. But before we go, uh, I'd like to remind you to join us next Wednesday right here on Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora to find out who is he, who is she, when someone close to you becomes someone else. Please remember to tell all your friends about our show and share it on social media. We really want more people to know about what we're doing here, especially if you really enjoy our show. Be sure to check out our website, michaeltamora.com, about our series of teleclasses we spoke about earlier. You might be more psychic than you think. Developing your soul abilities for spiritual growth and fulfillment starting this Saturday. Until then... Be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Thank you so much for joining us. Woof, woof, meow, meow. (laughs) (laughs) With dolphins, they laugh at me and think, ah, where did you learn to talk? (laughs) All right, see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.